0: Okay, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today we're here with Stephen Wolford from Gun Owners of America. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Stephen, there's so many things going on in the gun world right now. Um, The red flag laws uh, that Gretchen Whitmer is trying to put in and
1: uh, all kinds of things. Um, Well, and they're trying to ban uh led ammunition from being used in public uh owned properties and stuff um uh, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know that's that that would be horrible well that's you
0: know part of the Biden administration's uh uh proclamation and they're really limiting or attempting to limit um outdoorsmen uh, the cost of uh steel shot is a lot more
1: expensive than shooting lead
0: shot. Well and a it's, lot easier
1: to get. Well, and also it it doesn't it's not just shot, uh, but it's uh, ammunition for hunting deer or or mm-hmm. elk or anything like that, you know. And the alternative, as you pointed out, is uh very expensive and hard to find both. Uh so let's just really cut to the chase of what it's about, and it's about uh denying people access. And if they can deter a full generation from hunting and shooting, you know, and and it's all the way to shooting in, um, you know, places, you know, where most people don't have a opportunity to shoot unless it's on public lands and things like that. And if they can deter a full generation from taking part in the shooting sports and enjoying outdoors, hunting and things and things that we pass down from generation to generation that teaches so much. It's not just about hunting. It's about uh, taking care of the wildlife. It's about uh, tradition. Uh, Conservation. Uh, Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, conservation, because if the wildlife gets overpopulated, then it it is really bad for it and um deer starved to death or whatever you know and also they're like here in texas there's several species of animals that have been imported for hunting purposes Mm -hmm. and they flourish during you know because these ranch owners breed them for hunting purposes and release them out and in the places where they originally came from sometimes they're extinct even and it had it not been for hunting programs to bring this species back from the brink of extinction uh, they wouldn't be
0: here well hunting conservation works it's a proven track record um We pour billions of dollars uh, into the conservation of land and animal uh, and uh, uh, maintaining animal numbers. And environments, too. Well, there's a whole trickle down effect. You you make an effort to um, bring back one species. There's a trickle down effect to other species right down to insects.
1: And, and also, like, shooting ranges and things like that, places where you can go to shoot. You want responsible gun owners that are good with their guns. You want them uh, because if they don't have a place to train, don't have a place to shoot, then uh, you have people that are unfamiliar with their guns, and, and that's just not a good situation either. Well, you know, shooting...
0: Whether it's a bow or a rifle, handgun—it's a depreciating skill. If it, you don't, absolutely. if you don't do it regularly, you're not going to be as accurate as you normally are.
1: Absolutely, it is. Uh, and you know, the the general public think that uh, us us guys with a gun or the oh we're horrible people and stuff. And yet, you know, I went to an event. The uh, you know the biggest one lately that I went to was the Gathering. And it was held in North Carolina, where 15,000 people showed up at the gathering. Wow. And uh, they had 17 shooting bays. And they averaged uh, 10,000 rounds per bay per day. Wow. And it was a three-day event. And nobody got shot. Nobody got hurt. You know, uh, we're the ones that scare the left. But the left doesn't realize that we're the ones that would defend them from evil. Well, that's a fact. and yeah you know, the,
0: <laughs> there's never going to be a finish line to gun safety. They're just going to keep chipping away and chipping away until you don't have that right
1: anymore. Yeah and and it's a God-given right. Uh, people don't understand the Second Amendment is not the government granting us these rights. The whole Bill of Rights is recognized not as the government giving us these rights. And that's freedom of religion, it's freedom of press, freedom of speech. It's, you know, and and freedom to own a gun to defend one's life. It's not the government granting us these rights, but they're considered God-given rights, inalienable rights. And it is limiting the government, saying, you can't touch these rights. That's what it's doing. You know, if it was granting us rights, if the government grants something, they can take it away. Mm -hmm. And it is not granting us rights. It is recognizing the God-given inalienable rights. Well, without the Second Amendment, all those other rights go away. And that has been proven throughout uh, history with all the way, you know, Russian Revolution, uh, Nazi Germany, Mao Zedong in China, and just goes on and on and on. The history is when they, uh, when they register firearms, they confiscate firearms, and then they, governments murder people. Well, that's, you know, that's why they stopped teaching history in the,
2: in
0: the classrooms. You know, if they don't know about the past, they're bound to repeat it. And you just mentioned Nazi Germany. They did everything for your own good. This is for your own safety. And they took away a little bit and took away a little bit. And before you know it, they're shipping you off in uh, cattle cars
1: to these camps. Does that sound familiar to today? absolutely it's for your own good it's for your own good joe biden said oh the second amendment isn't for uh confronting a government you'd have to have an uh f-15 and a nuclear weapon to fight the government well no that's not necessarily so and iraq uh and afghanistan proved that you can hold off the most uh Uh, militarily advanced nation and uh, and it's not about so that pilot for the f-15 he lives here he Mm -hmm. has family here he's sworn an oath not to fire on civilians on, on american civilians he has sworn that oath and if he follows that oath then uh joe biden couldn't Tell him to to fire on American citizens. Well,
0: I'm not afraid to say that Joe Biden's an idiot. (laughs) You know, some of the statements that come out of this man's mouth, it's hard to believe that he's the commander in chief. Um, You know, basic history.
2: Well,
1: make no mistake. Joe Biden is not in control. Yep, He is a puppet. And the scary part is who's the puppet master? Who's pulling the strings?
0: Well, we have some ideas, but, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, you know, I I believe that, uh, you know, getting back to him trying to restrict uh, our ability to hunt, uh, you could even take it a, a step beyond that and say he's restricting our right to hunt and gather to try and feed off families, put food on the table, as they did hundreds of years ago. Uh, and now you see uh, these train derailments. Why is it always a, a toxic uh, train car that falls into a river or uh, contaminates farmlands where our cattle and chickens and hogs are all dying from it? Or or
1: 150,000 um, cattle dairy burning to the ground with all the cattle are they are they trying to make us
0: more dependent on the government
1: uh, yeah and uh, absolutely and so right here in texas we have a hog problem and uh, if push came to shove i could live off of wild hogs one of my favorite games to hunt in texas <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're everywhere
1: it's gotten to be such a problem here <laughs> <laughs>
0: now i know that um lauren bobert has um uh a bill in congress now that seems to be gathering some legs that's really going to overturn some of these um red flag laws and some of these uh, unconstitutional laws that they're pushing through against
1: our second amendment i i really love her <laughs> she's 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 a little pack of dynamite, you know, Uh, she's smart, she's beautiful, she's well-spoken, she just, um, uh, and she is absolutely a warrior for the Second Amendment, and uh, right along with uh, the whole Second Amendment Caucus with Chip Roy and and several of the others, uh, absolutely um, irreplaceable in Congress. Now, tell me a little bit about
0: uh, your organization, Gun Owners of America. Well, what we, is the benefit?
1: Well, we are the only no compromise uh, gun advocacy groups. Other groups out there have been willing to compromise. We're the ones that have fought even the bump stock bans. We were fighting now very actively with the pistol brace ban. Uh, which is really cool because we we actually wanted to get uh, a injunction to keep the pistol brace ban from being enforced nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the judge said, no, uh, we're going to do it for the plaintiffs. So he enacted, so, so now the plaintiffs with GOA as a plaintiff, we filed for that and we fought for that. And now if you're a GOA member, until this goes through the courts and stuff, you are exempt from being this pistol brace ban from being enforced upon you uh, until it goes through the courts. And we are confident that once the Supreme Court hears this pistol brace ban, they will overturn it because the ATF does not have the right to just arbitrarily change its mind and redefine something. For over a decade, the ATF has said these pistol brace bans are not illegal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and they did that with the bump stock also. They said they're not illegal. They're, they're okay, you know. And through direction from either Trump or Biden, they have said, well, we're redefining it as a machine gun. Or were we yeah. defining this as a short-barreled rifle, which all both of them fall under the NFA Act? And I personally believe the NFA Act is an illegal act to begin with uh, because it infringes on the Second Amendment. But now they're trying to say that the bump stock is a machine gun. It is not. Uh, the gun still fires one round forever pull of the trigger um so and the pistol brace ban was originally the pistol brace was originally designed to help handicap uh veterans to be able to shoot a pistol with one hand Mm -hmm. and uh so it braced it and helped it and now and and the atf was okay with that and now it's decided oh we're gonna ban that Uh, You can't go, you can't do something like that. I would say even with Congress, uh, it would be, we would be fighting it if Congress had passed it and the president had signed it. It would still be infringing on the Second Amendment. We would still be fighting it. But this didn't go through Congress. And, And it didn't go through the House or the Senate. It didn't get made into any kind of law. So what it is, it's a rule that the ATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, has just decided, you know what, we're going to change it, and it's going to be illegal now. And it affects up to 40 million people. They say there's like 40 million um, pistol braces already out there. And the ridiculousness of it is is now if you own a pistol brace and you get caught with that pistol brace then you're a felon uh, looking at a quarter of a million dollars in fines and 10 years in prison Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's made a law-abiding citizen it has nothing to do with criminals this makes law-abiding citizens criminals overnight
0: well, that goes back to chipping away at our Second Amendment a little at of time. How many people still have high-capacity magazines Now all of a sudden they can't use them? You know, we have um, the Supreme Court that overturned the um, concealed carry. And then I'm here in New York, um, not my Governor Hochul came out with a whole litany of uh things you cannot do to circumvent the the concealed carry
1: you, you... And, and how ridiculous is all that so <clears throat> let's let's turn around and let's look at Buffalo New York the supermarket that was attacked mm-hmm. because this is important for people to understand because we have looked at his manifesto where he said he chose that part of New York because he, all these assault rifles, which that's a made up term, but any semi-automatic rifle with a magazine, detachable Magazine has been banned. Yeah. And he wasn't from that part of New York. So he did his homework And he looked, and the two guards that were guarding that had light armor. Meaning that a rifle would penetrate that armor. uh, Which meant his rifle would penetrate their armor. He looked at the fact that they only had glocks. That their pistols wouldn't penetrate his armor because he wore body armor. Yeah. And he decided you know, this is the perfect place because I can penetrate these guards armor and they can't penetrate mine. No one will be able to resist me because guns are illegal in so many forms, you know, high capacity magazines, which we call standard capacity magazines. You look at a Glock 17. When Glock 17 was designed, it was designed to accept a 17 round magazine. Yep. That's not a high capacity. That's a standard capacity magazine for that Glock. So they were banned. Uh, Rifles, semi-automatic rifles were banned. So he knew when he went to Buffalo, New York, that he wasn't going to meet any kind of resistance. It had the lowest percentage of concealed permit holders in the nation. Mm -hmm. so he knew no one at that supermarket could defend themselves against him they were at a huge disadvantage and he knew it and and so that's where he he didn't come to a gun show you know he didn't come to the gathering to murder a bunch of people why because Because if he would have went to the gathering where 15,000 patriots with full automatic suppressed and guns of all sort were shooting that day, he wouldn't have stood a chance to murder that many people. No, he, may, no. he may have killed someone, but he would have ended up Swiss cheese before he hit the ground. That's exactly it. The, uh, the path of least resistance. That's what you, he took. You, you never see mass shootings happening at a gun show. No. I went to the
0: NRA convention in... Um, Indianapolis, uh, this past April, safest city in the country. There wasn't a crossword. There wasn't an altercation. Everybody was just there to celebrate our rights. I I
1: went to, I was invited to, uh, Frisco, Texas for a, um, police department. It's, they call it riot. It's, Robbery Investigation of Texas. It's a seminar they put on for police officers for continuing education every year. Uh, They put me up in a hotel with over 500 Texas Rangers and law enforcement agents. Uh, I never felt so safe in a hotel in my life. (laughs) Because nobody is going to come to a police officer convention With the intent of shooting up the place. Sure. Sure. I actually, uh, when
0: I was at the NRA convention, I stayed in the hotel that um, Christy Nome, Governor Christy Nome, was staying. My hotel was safe. Secret Service all over the place. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Now, now, um, Stephen, you wrote a book. I did. The name of the book is A Town Called Sutherland Springs. You can find it on Amazon. A Town Called Sutherland Springs. John Lott Jr. uh, And the shooting world knows who John Lott is. Uh, More guns, less crime. He's he's written like 11 books now. He wrote the foreword for my book. uh, And he's a wealth of information. I also have people like Dana Loesch. I have Governor Huckabee uh, and uh, Jack Carr and uh, Ted Cruz, Senator, Senator Ted Cruz. They all wrote blurps for my book and helped uh, get my book out there.
2: Uh,
1: it's it's a book about my community uh, and. Truly, we're Mayberry, USA. I'm fourth generation. Uh, Sutherland Springs is under 600 people in total. And uh, I'm fourth generation there. Uh, And a crazy man came into the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, started shooting and murdering people. And if for those of you that don't know my story, I ran across the street barefoot. I didn't take time to put shoes on. They call me the barefoot defender. And they say, really, you didn't take time to put shoes on? And my response to that is, you're lucky I had pants on. Because I could hear the shots, and I knew each one of those shots was aimed at someone I cared about. Mm -hmm. So I ran across the street with my own AR-15. I confronted the shooter. He hit the truck in front of me, shattered the windshield of the car behind me. He hit the house behind me, and I put six out of six rounds on him, and I stopped a mass shooter. I'm not law enforcement. I'm not former military or anything like that. I'm just an average Joe that loves his community. And this is about the heroism of my community, about people within the church that, uh, started tying tourniquets and saving lives within the church about the first responders that came to Sutherland Springs rushing to do I'm a I'm all about the thin blue line because uh for the most part police are coming as hard as they can and as fast as they can to save your life and they may not even know your name most of the time they don't and they put their lives on the line every day yeah, but the sad truth is, is when seconds count, police are minutes away. Yep. You are your own first responder. Police are second responders.
0: Well, thankfully, there are people like you that are willing to take action and not uh, bury their head in the stand and hope it goes away. Oh, Thank God it's not me. It could be a brother, could be a cousin, could be a neighbor.
1: Hopefully, if you shoot, and you train, and you, uh, I tell, you know, David Grossman, and he he wrote a book from my book, too. David Grossman has written several books. And in, in one of his books, he said that a golf course is a willful misuse of a perfectly good rifle range. And what he means by that is anything you do for a hobby should have a practical purpose in life. Golf doesn't have a practical purpose in life, but shooting does. And hopefully no one, hopefully I wish, I wish this would all go away. That evil would stop now and we wouldn't have to. But if you learn skills and you you shoot and you compete and it's golfing for men, you know, then someday you might be confronted with something like I was and you can use those skills to stop a shooter and it's terrible that our world is this way but the Bible talks about it and it's going to get worse. Now how has your community come together after the fact? Well my community is a beautiful place to be in. I, I tell people that November 5th, 2017 did not define Sutherland Springs, but instead it shined a spotlight on our community and who we were all along, not just after, but we pulled together, we cried together, uh, we're moving forward, and my community is strong stronger possibly than it's ever been, because through tragedy, you you learn who you really are. How are you dealing with the turn of events after the fact? Well, I work for Gun Owners of America, and people say that means you tell your story a lot. I do, uh, and in some ways it's therapeutic for me, because I get to go and encourage people to be ready, to be that one person that would step up when everything goes wrong, to be that one person. I get to talk about my community and the people that I love. Uh, and and I, I get to talk about the heroism of Hank Farnett, which was the first officer on the scene. The shooter was already gone, but Hank had been collecting trauma kits and putting them in his the squad car out of his own pocket, paying for them, by himself and when he realized the shooter was gone he opened up the trunk of his squad car pulled out trauma kits and was able to tie four tourniquets himself but also to distribute other tourniquets for other people within the church to be able to tie tourniquets and save lives before the first emt got there Uh, it it allows me to talk about zach poston Zach Poston was a 17-year-old young man that when the shooter started shooting and he focused on Zach, Zach took his foot and shoved a little girl underneath a pew. And for his actions, he got shot seven times. And then his grandmother crawled on top of Zach and sacrificed her own life and saved Zach. Uh, what a community what a what a story and it it encourages people that they can do what they can do julie workman was a she was in the church and been shot through the breast and shot in the leg and when the shooter left she was an emergency room nurse and she got up still bleeding from her own wounds. And tying tourniquets and saving lives in the church, using her medical knowledge to be able to save people within the church.
0: That's an amazing story. Uh, it's an amazing town you live in it, that it, people could come together. A, and and the media doesn't talk about these heroes. No, they only talk about what fits their narrative, and well, and they that's they that's tragic. About,
1: they talk about the shooter. And they put his face on national TV and, and talk about his name. And all that does is glorify him. Yeah. Uh, he's infamous. And, and it encourages other people to be infamous like him. Uh, I don't ever use his name. He's a piece of dirt. And, and murdered 26 of my neighbors and my friends. We see it over and over. And it's it's not
0: the gun. If somebody is hell bent on hurting people, they're gonna find a way. If they use a car, a knife, a pipe bomb, they're gonna find a way. It's not laser and diesel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How many people died in Oklahoma? Too many. Too many. Uh, again, evil finds a way one way or the other. The The difference with guns is there's more good guys with guns than there are bad. The CDC uh, released a report a few years ago that said that up to three million times a year, guns were used in a defensive purpose to save lives. And a lot of times they were used and they weren't even fired. But that's hard to quantify because you can't get a solid number on it because some of these events weren't reported. Uh, And then the CDC was ordered not to do that study anymore. Why? Why? Because guns save way more people's lives than they take lives. Well, you
0: know, like I said, it... it, (laughs) A gun is an inanimate object. You could sit it in the corner. It's not going to jump up and shoot anybody. It's somebody with bad intentions, and they'll always find a way.
1: You know, and I tell people, we need to be careful when we talk about guns. Uh, We need to take back the, the narrative because words do matter. And my guns are exactly that. They're guns. They're a rifle. They're a pistol. They're a revolver. They're a firearm. Call them what you want, but don't call them a weapon because my car could be used a weapon. A chain could be used as a weapon. A baseball bat could be used as a weapon. If I use a cell phone that way to inflict harm on someone, it could be a weapon. Guns yeah. are guns. They're not weapons. And the left has figured out that words matter. And so they call them assault weapons, because why? It sounds horrible, it sounds evil. They're assault weapons. They're made for assaulting someone. An assault is an action, it is not a weapon. Uh, And then when that started kind of losing its effectiveness, what is the new term that they use now? There's no place for weapons of war on our streets. They call it weapons of war because now it sounds even more evil. Sure. Uh, and, and if they can get in your head that these are weapons of war and that's all they're good for is weapons of war. I use my AR-15 to hunt with. I use my AR-15 to compete with. An AR-15 has never been used in war. Well, it's it's marketing they're branding it as
0: something bad and they keep selling the narrative, selling the narrative, the
1: lie eventually becomes the truth and they stick with it. Absolutely. And we need to take back the narrative. We need to, and it's hard to fight emotion. I recently testified in Texas Congress uh, where they brought the families of Uvalde Hmm. victims that died in Uvalde, that mothers and fathers of children that died in that shooting and where the police refused to go in. Why uh, is that? What's that? Why is that? Why
0: did the police refuse to go in?
1: You know, um, I have a theory. Uh, and I truly believe if one man would have took courage and ran in, then the rest would have drawn from his courage and would have followed. Mm -hmm. Look at the uh, Christian school in Tennessee that was shot up. The team that went in, you watch the video of that team. It was a well-oiled machine.
0: Yeah, it was strategic.
1: They looked so professional. It was ridiculous because they were trained. I would say that one man's motivation toward the fight gave everybody else courage to follow and do what they were trained. And I encourage people to be that one person that would get into the fight, whether anyone else follows you or not. Go into the fight and other people will gain courage from your actions and realize they need to follow. Um, I, I, and I guess at Duvalde, they, they didn't have that one map. Hmm? With the land of the free because of the brave. and And they didn't show up that day. <laughs> and they didn't show up that day. So I testified to keep tyrannical gun laws out of Texas. And I heard the family's testimonies and stuff. And I was threatened by one of the fathers. Uh, I was threatened because I was testifying against what they wanted. But I don't think he realizes I would have died for his daughter. I would have ignored the police command not to go in. They would have had to shot me in the back. I would have died for his daughter. And I can say that because people understand what I've been through. And they know that when I say that, it's true. And he threatened me. He should have been talking to the police officers that refused to go in.
0: He's lashing out out of emotion. It didn't matter who he was aiming it at. He
1: just had to get it out. Yeah. I cried with, with him when he gave his testimony. And I was jeered when I gave mine. But we did offer solutions. So, so we offered a bill in Texas that would spend 175 extra million dollars to put an armed police officer in every public school. And right along with that bill, uh, we also in that bill up to 25,000 extra a year for any teacher taking part in the school marshal or the school guardian programs. And those are programs that train teachers to be able to carry in the school, teachers and faculty. So with an extra 25,000 per year, if you are one of those teachers that would carry and defend your school uh, and Right along with that, if your school chooses to take, because the Texas government can't force the school board to, to enact the guardian program or the school marshal program. Yeah. So with that, if your school chooses not to take part in the guardian program or the marshal program, then you can take all the money for the education of your child to another school that will take part in the Guardian or the Marshall program, you can take your child's money and go to another public school and have that choice if you so desire. Now it makes school, it's a monetary thing for schools.
0: You know, Stephen, uh, I I definitely agree with that. And we see armed guards in, in so many aspects of our life. You see them in a bank, you see them in the mall, certain stores and whatnot. Why are people so against having an armed guard against our most valuable uh, <laughs> our most valuable thing in our lives, our children? Why are we so against having a, an armed guard protect our children that would deter somebody from going in?
1: It's the optics of it. Well, uh, the optics of it, exactly. So uh, a local school closest to me Uh, local public school, Lavergne ISD, Mm -hmm. um, has now joined the Guardian program and they put up signs saying teachers and faculty in this school carry guns. Okay? So it's a warning sign. And it's funny because the studies have been out there now in several states, obviously New York's not one of them, uh, but several states take part in the Guardian program, something similar. They may call it different. Texas calls it either the Guardian or the School Marshal Program. They take part in these where they train the the teachers and stuff and allow teachers and faculty to be armed. And there has never been a mass shooting happen at one of these schools nationwide. So that speaks volumes. Because if you're going to want to try to do a mass shooting what your mental state is you want to create as many casualties as you can you're not going to go to an armed school we have a private school in corpus christi texas it's a private christian school and they have put it out that not only are they arming teachers and staff but they hire only combat veterans that have been through combat and you have to be a part of their security team you have to have been serving in the military and been shot at by an enemy before and didn't run and these combat veterans walk through the hallways of this private school with body armor on and an AR-15 hanging on their chest. Do there's
2: you want to go to of, that um, school?
1: I do. There's, but you. I mean, do you want to go and try to, to make a body count? No. They didn't run from the battle. They ran into the battle. I bet my life on one of them any day. Well, I, I agree
0: with, you know, having that deterrent in the schools, putting a sign up. That this is a, a, a protected area instead of rolling out the red carpet and advertising our school is a gun-free
1: zone. Come on in. Yeah, we, mu- we must get rid of gun-free zones. Uh, John Lott uh, took and John Lott said 93% of mass shootings happen in gun-free zones. John Lott took the FBI stats, and the latest FBI stats were from 2014 to 2021. And the FBI said, only 4% of the time do non-law enforcement civilians stop a shooting in America. And that is true if you take their stat the way they did. Because they did an entirety of of the nation. And 93% are in gun-free zones, meaning legal law-abiding gun owners aren't allowed to take their guns there. So John Lott turned around and he took that 93% out of the equation. If it was a gun-free zone, he took it out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And what was left between 2014 and 2021 and my the shooting at First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs was in that so I'm in that statistic what he had left was 204 mass shootings that happened that were aren't that were not in gun-free zones and out of 204 104 were stopped by non-law enforcement civilians. Over 50% of it was stopped by people like myself. And what was more interesting than anything was out of that 104, not one innocent bystander was hit. Mm -hmm. And police department can't even claim that. That's amazing. That's amazing. really is. So what that tells me is we need to get rid of gun-free zones, allow law-abiding citizens that train on their own, that play golf with a gun, that train on their own, that own their own guns, that maintain their own guns, that practice with their own ammunition, and do it because they... Enjoy the shooting sports, and there's no more fun than the shooting sports. Let those civilians be the first responders. Couldn't agree more. We're running out of time. Where can we find your book, Stephen? Go to Amazon and look for A Town Called Sutherland Springs. When it was first released, it made it to the number one new release. I don't think it's on that chart anymore because it's not necessarily a new release. But it is on the uh, best-selling Christian biography release. Wow. And what about uh, Gun Owners of America? Where can we uh, find out more information about them? Please get in the fight. Help us out. You can go to gunowners.org. Uh, look around there and sign up. You can actually even buy the book at gunowners.org. Also, okay, but uh, annual membership is only twenty-five dollars a year. And if you own a pistol brace right now, and you're worried about the ATF knocking at your door, the judge did not put a date of when you should be an a GOA member. Uh, so if you sign up with GOA today, you are you have got a injunction keeping the ATF from enforcing it on you if you're a Gun Owners of America member. So you're automatically grandfathered in. Yeah, you're automatically grandfathered into our lawsuit. And you're part of the solution and not part of the problem now. We have so many gun owners yeah. out there. That aren't part of a organization like ours, and ours is doing more for the fight than any other organization right now, and we're fighting it. uh, We're fighting to keep these tyrannical gun laws from going into effect. They had a a, uh, assault weapons ban, if you will, in Colorado recently. That they were trying to push. Mm -hmm. And I waited six and a half hours on a Zoom call for my name to be called. And I testified against it. And we beat it in committee by one vote. Wow. Gun Owners of America is making a difference. Nationwide, we're fighting red flag laws in New York. We got one overturned in New York not long ago. Uh, we got, we're fighting the assault weapons ban in Illinois. Uh, we got Prop 114, a stay for Prop 114 to make sure they couldn't implement the tyrannical laws in Oregon uh, that they passed. Uh, so we're out there with our lawyers and we're fighting the fight. And lawyers are, good lawyers are expensive. That they, they are. And we have good lawyers. And we're fighting from state to state, county to county, and and at the national level also.
0: All right. Well, I definitely appreciate your time. And thank you so much for fighting for our rights and everything that you do. And uh, definitely go to Amazon. Uh, pick up uh, a town called Sutherland Springs. Uh, and don't forget to join Gun Owners of America. Thank you again.
1: Thank you for having me on.
2: We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things.